Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to personal some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we got a special one for you. Who do we have? Oh, we are so excited to have one of the greats in country music on our show today. It's Clay Walker, who's had 11 number one songs, including What's It to You, Live Until I Die, If I Can Make a Living, Dreaming with My Eyes Open, and has charted more than 30 singles. And what a great song, If I Can Make a Living. Oh, that- yes. One of <laughs> If I could favorites. make a living, I'd be rich with her, right? <laughs> <laughs> great to hear. I love I love to see a man in love with his wife. That's great. <laughs> yeah, in fact, October mm-hmm. 5th will be um 20 years married. Yes. Congratulations. We're gonna spin me. it in Nashville. Yes, that's, we that's, are. That's so cool. I've got one of those coming up 15 years, uh September uh 28th. So right, oh, right around. Right. Oh, congratulations oh, on, on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, like we were talking about before the show, um, a friend of mine from another podcaster, Brandon Morrill from Backstage Pass, he's looking forward to meeting you at the um, at the Vider game. Oh, yeah, my high, my high school. Yeah, so so I've been asked to be the uh, the marshal of the parade there, and they're really excited about it. This this will be in the whole. The whole town's getting excited about it. I've been seeing it on Facebook and, you know, getting oh, wow. from different friends and stuff. And my mom, my mom, of course, still lives there. And and uh, so this will be my first time. I played football there, graduated there. And uh, this will be my first time back in the stadium since I graduated. So it's going to oh, wow. be, be a great night. Yeah, That's yeah. going to be a fun night for you. Oh, very cool. That's right. Yeah. I, and it's I'm, gonna it's gonna take you back because <laughs> I mean I can think about my high school days and oh, oh god yes. we all remember <laughs> our high school days. I'll be ready to suit up that night, man. I'm, I'm hoping they'll have they'll have a jersey and a helmet for me, and then we get in the pads and just see, you know. Nah, but it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun. <laughs> yep. So, um, as you know, a lot of people, you know, this last few years has been a struggle for a lot of people, but especially in entertainment. Um. So how had the pandemic kind of affected what you do and what have you done to maneuver through it as we are finally looks like on the other side of it? Hopefully. We all went through it. You know, we, we lost a lot of, of people that work in our industry, unfortunately. You know, we lost mm-hmm. a lot of bus drivers. We lost a lot of production people uh, that went on to do other things. You know, a lot of the bus drivers went, to drive trucks or just completely get out of the business. We lost promoters. Um, you know, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good thing. And, you know, I mean, just trying to find a bus right now, like I own two buses and we had a bus breakdown three months ago. It's still down because we just found a brand new engine for it. So there are some serious struggles inside the industry for, for all of us, you know, and, doesn't do any good to complain about them. You just got to get through them. But one of the positive things for me through the, the pandemic was that I, I I wrote all of the songs or co-wrote all of the songs on uh, my new album, Texas to Tennessee. So that was a, that was, that was a big, big shining moment, you know, <laughs> and, and it was, uh, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I, I did enjoy the time down you know, my, my bank account didn't so much you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. negative cash flow. I don't care who you are, Garth Brooks, you know, or who you are right. negative cash flow for two years is, is hard on anybody's. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. And so we all suffered it. You know, I'm not saying anything that we all haven't been through that, but getting back out there right now, it's great to see the promoters who have, 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 withstood this and stayed in there and uh uh, like troy volhofer you know somebody that does festivals there's a lot of great promoters out there but but i know there's not a lot of great promoters there's a handful of great promoters (laughs) and And you got one of them got one of them and he's done shows with us but several others uh gil cunningham you know uh, uh romeo group i mean there there's there's some people that have stayed that have been in this business a long time and had they not had that experience of all those years under their belt, uh, they would have gone away too. And, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's, it's good. Um, we will do over a hundred shows this year, which has been, that's the most shows I've done in probably 20 years. So, wow. Oh, wow. so you're yeah. back at it. Full I'm, enjoy, I'm 
enjoying it, you know, obviously enjoying the positive cash flow, but at the same time, man, more than anything, enjoying the enthusiasm enthusiasm of the fan base. You know, they've been just as hungry for it as we have. So it's it's great to see that that reception. Yeah, like yeah. for us, you know, January of 2020 is when we launched this show. So a couple months before everything happened. And I remember our original plan was maybe 100 interviews that first year. And then everything gets shut down. And I'm sitting there watching all this. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, um, I we never would wish this on anybody. But right. we, we might as well take advantage of this. And because of that, we end up doing over 300 interviews that first year. And we're over, almost 600 now. You're going to surpass Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But if it weren't, I don't believe we'd be where we are if it weren't for the pandemic. And as, Probably and not. you know, so it's That's like mixed a, emotions. I lost a lot of people I know, but at mm -hmm. the same time, it catapulted us. So it's like, you know, it's we like a roller coaster. had to make the best of the situation at the time. Yeah. I remember when it hit me that we actually had a pandemic and it was serious is when, when Joe Diffie passed. I, oh, I remember that time. That, I, was, I was in the parking lot of, um, of uh, Walmart and, mm -hmm. uh, and I was waiting on some, them to deliver some stuff to my truck, you know, yeah. and my wife and kids, we were all in the, in the truck and, uh, and it came on the radio, you know, that he had, that he had passed and it, I felt like someone hit me in the head with a two by four oh, wow. and mm -hmm. I, have, I have multiple sclerosis, you know, so I was like going, mm -hmm. yeah, this might be some really serious, you know, and bigger than you thought at first. Yeah. Than I, thought, and I was, I was definitely concerned about, about Joe, you know, what it had. I mean, just, it, it, it seriously it was so surreal. We got home. And the other thing I remember doing is my wife, kids, all of us had on gloves and we're mm -hmm. scrubbing all the packages with yeah. sanitary wipes and, and bleach. And, and I'm sitting here going, is this the new normal? Or I mean, are you yeah. going to have to work this hard to have groceries and anything else mm -hmm. and, and things that, that, uh, and you know, that was, that was awful, you know? And, and, you know, I, I look at it now and I'm like, we came through it and uh, yeah, we won't, lost a lot of people you know um covid is a serious thing it's real you know um unfortunately you know i got vaccinated twice got mm -hmm. COVID twice you know and and i got a lot i don't i'm not going to get in the weeds about that but mm -hmm. bs you know <laughs> i mean just and but as 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 citizens of the United States of America, we have had to get back out and live. You know, yes, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's where I am. You know, uh, I'm not a political yep. guy. Uh, exactly. Exactly. We agree. Is COVID real? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. we and, and, you know, I think that's where people but, but, were missing the point. You had both extremes. But, but was it weaponized by both sides? End of story. But I, I am, I am, uh, but of course, country music goes, and that's what this show is about. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I am, I'm so glad to see that at least that piece of normalcy and that innocence uh, almost restored back exactly. out there. And uh, people know how to be safe now. You don't want someone coughing in your face. You don't want to find up on <laughs> yeah. somebody. You should have never wanted that in the first place, but this really made it. Even more so now. <laughs> no, but, but, but uh, you know, uh, do we feel like, you know, super spreader villains now? No, we don't. Because no. there is a way, you know, pe people are doing the things they need to do and recognizing. Mm -hmm. And and also, thank God, you know, that that the, 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 the variants keep getting, you know, less and less, uh, 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 virulent, I guess is the word they use, you know, yeah. right. more, more contagious, unfortunately, but less virulent. And uh, which is what matters. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I can say that the second bout of COVID for me was way less than the first, like, oh, like, wow. like that almost non-existent, but it was there. And uh, one or two days of really, really sick and then very, very good. So I hope that that remains the case and that 
we don't get some other kind of thing. But it, it's great. I say that seeing other artists out there, you know, catching up with them either on the road, you know, at some yeah. of the festivals or seeing them on, you know, the different social media platforms doing well. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's great. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, m- music is, I think, alive and better yeah. than ever. It, it's going to be healthy. I did find out an interesting stat, which I thought was just crazy. And um, and I, I hate to take up the whole interview. I mean, I know you guys have oh, questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, where you know, at least there's some insiders saying this, you know, I'm hearing this from some of the, the, the national folks is that is that in the nineties, we had an average listening audience of about a hundred million people a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's shrunk to 35 million. That, oh, that's wow. crazy wow. But it shows like this right here that, uh, that, that helped perpetuate it, grow it and feed the real, the real country music fans. So thank you. It's oh, definitely an honor. That. You know, yes. It's an honor to have honor to someone have like you on. And, you know, we have everybody mm-hmm. from up and coming on to the big stars on, you know, you know, we just want to kind of balance and it out. We are true music fans ourselves. We, we absolutely love music and country music, especially near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny is when we married, 20 years ago, that was one of the big things is I was a big motivational person where I listened to motivational audios all the time. She listened to music all the time. So when we married, um, we had to make a decision. Okay. We had to, our first compromise was that uh, we listened to half my stuff, half her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, Sandy, what are, what are your top three that you'd like to listen to? Oh, top three genres or top three artists? Artists. Oh, that's a tough one. I have so many. No particular order. Just name three no that you love. Order. Just three okay. that you love. All right. I sort of have a eclectic there. Okay. Don Henley, definitely one of those. Top three. Let me think for country music. Oh, Randy Travis. Got to be in there. And for pop, uh, Michael Jackson. We'll have that in there. All right. What about you, Chris? I'm all over the place. Um, but, you know... I definitely love your music. Um, yes. I mean, not, not I, you know, I know that, that when it comes to country music, I don't think there's ever a better decade than the 90s. That's true. That's why I grew <laughs> up on. Just my opinion. 90s. But, and then. Um, Amazing. Another one I, I, I wish I could have met was Johnny Cash. Because oh, um, I went through 19 years of addictions and the first five years of our marriage was really hectic on her. So she was kind of the June of our marriage. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's it takes a big man to admit something like that. And, and, you know, I'll just say this, you know, from having MS, you know, multiple sclerosis for most of my career, you know, all you can do is your part as a human being. It, we, we live in what I, you know, I'm not the same, my term, but the human condition, you know, the human condition is rough. We, we, we're, there's no, there's no perfect, no such thing as perfect. And, uh, but to admit that you had that kind of life and that she stuck with you and you're what you've gone through. It's uh, man, you know, I watched both my parents go through it and, uh, you know, I, I pray that I never have to go through it. Uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't make us weak. You know, it, right. it's, it's a strong person to overcome that Johnny cash was, was that kind of person. And mm-hmm. I never met him in person, but I met Merle Haggard and Merle and I talked, wow. you know, and he was a huge, huge Johnny cash fan. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. One, one night on his bus, he shared a story with me about, about Johnny cash. And, and, uh, he, he, the most memorable thing I remember him saying was, he says, he asked me, he said, did you ever meet Cash? I said, I, I didn't. And he said, when Johnny Cash walked into a room, it sucked the air out of the room. He wow. said, he was play. He said he was as big as Elvis Presley. He said, <laughs> and it blew my mind to hear Merle say that. Merle's my favorite singer of all time. And uh, <laughs> but Cash had gone through, you know, those addictions that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but it would have been a great conversation, Chris. But you know what? You're going to be an inspiration for a, for a lot of people in in your life too. And when I meet somebody who 
has MS or I hear about somebody who has MS, I'll call them on the phone, even if I've never met oh, wow. them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it takes a special uh, person that, that has been through it to mm -hmm. be able mm -hmm. to relate to somebody. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I've never been, I've never been addicted. Um, I'm not saying I couldn't be because I definitely have that kind of personality. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I have seen it and, you know, I know that you can't buy somebody out of addiction. You know, yeah. you, you can't, I mean, it, it's some type of reckoning, you know, that happens in a person's mind and they, they, they come to the conclusion. I can't help myself. I've got to hand this over to something, somebody or, or yep. I handed mine over to God. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, um, my own mother, I couldn't be more proud of, you know, watching her overcome it, you know, oh, wow. Uh, and, and so it, it's my dad, uh, is gone now. Uh, but uh, we had many conversations about it, but I still, I still get a kick on my dad, you know, cause, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my dad was an alcoholic, but, but he was, he was the smartest guy I'd ever known in my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot, he was a lot different uh, than me. And, and we had a lot of similarities too, but one of my, funnest things that my dad ever said to me one, one morning I called at 10 a.m. And, and if I could catch him between 10 and 12, you know, I knew I might be able to have somewhat of a conversation, but yeah. he was already drinking at 10. I remember I called him and it was about this time of year and, and uh, the weather had just started changing, you know, starting to get a little bit, a little bit, a little chill in the air. And I called and he answered the phone and said, Hey dad, I said, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. And I could hear his voice. I was like, he's already drinking. And I said, why, I said, why are you doing great? He goes, it's whiskey weather. <laughs> I just, I even though with the addiction, I got to say, there are moments in there, you know, and my dad, you know, told me something and I'll never forget it. Like my, some of my greatest memories, but, you know, I, I would get very nervous when he would be drinking, you know, because I didn't know how he was going to act. something. <laughs> Yeah, man, and I, I, I understand it now. And even mm -hmm. when he was at, his, at his darkest hours, you know, he would look at me and say, "Son, it doesn't matter if I'm drinking or I'm sober." He said, "I love you exactly the same." Wow, and that, it's amazing. Yeah, good. And that was probably one of the things that she stayed because although I was hectic during when I was drinking, when I wasn't. It, it was different and and all that. I, I still see, I still had, cause I think a lot of times what ends marriages through addictions is, is when all of a sudden, when they're not drinking, that starts to fade. Mm -hmm. Where with us, it was, we still had a lot of connection even through the alcoholism, though, although it was bad. Are you uh, saying that Toby Keith song didn't make sense for all you ain't much fun since I quit drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably more fun drinking. Yeah, I love that song. I swear, I love it. It's so you gotta laugh at some of this stuff, right? Toby's one of the best songwriters of all time. Oh, definitely. But it sounds like you guys, you know, I mean, hopefully, have had some intersections with music. You know, music will say some things mm -hmm. sometimes that that we 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 just can't we can't seem to get it out. You know, other than I love you, and I love you sometimes sounds it, it, it sounds redundant or gets old but man there's there's nothing more powerful than those words you know i, I um you know this I, I'm, I'm crazy uh sentimental i guess sometimes but i had a um my my sister-in-law and <laughs> and her her husband uh, got married on our on our place here in tennessee and and uh i had picked out this big beautiful rock i mean like it was about this thick and pro probably about i don't know maybe maybe 10 inches thick and, and it was real wide like the size of a of a desktop you know big mm -hmm. and so they had got married on that rock standing on that rock and i drove by it yesterday and it was so weird i thought you know what and, and they're not having trouble by any means but I, I thought to myself i am going to bring that rock down to their house they live in Louisiana, <laughs> and if they ever have trouble just say meet me at the rock you know, oh, I mean, I just, I just and, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, couples, and it doesn't matter if you have addiction or not, you know, couples are going to have those moments where they need, they need something strong to, to hold them together. And it sounds like you guys have that. 
I think one of the big keys too to us, um, you know, and a lot of people put us down for this, but we've been a 24 seven couple since the day we married for the most part, you know, we just live marriage and life different than a lot of people. And, and I mean, all through the years, Oh, we are unhealthy or this or that. And I can remember when the pandemic started and everything got shut down and everything we got put down for spending 24 seven with our thing, homeschooling our son and all of that, everything we got put down for all of a sudden society had to live the way we live. I was like, look at yeah. this. This is <laughs> yeah, it completely turned around. I agree with you. You know, um, you know, we, we, we homeschool and we also use some supplement yeah. teaching that uh, mm -hmm. our, our kids, you know, they, they go to, to less music lessons. They, they get all, they, they, they get a lot of, they get socialized well. And uh, yeah. so does ours like that. Ours too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not to put down the public school system because I want to, I want to say something. Man, my, I went to public school mm -hmm. and my teachers raised me, you know, yeah. I had some great ones and I had a couple of pretty crappy <laughs> ones too. You know? But that, that's life, you know, but I, I got the, the crappy ones are few and far between. If you're a yeah. teacher. Okay. Most teachers are good teachers. Yeah, most you a, You're a selfless, yeah, selfless individual to be a yeah. teacher because they've been paid crap for years, you know. They have. Um, uh, but they're, you know, I got to say this, though, that I, and I, I think this, you know, I don't think that anyone, not including a teacher, cares more about my children's minds than I do. Yeah. yeah. Their minds and hearts. Know, and mm -hmm. and you know selfishly you know i want to experience those firsts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to be you know the the first one to to hear what they have to say about forming a word you know on paper you know mm -hmm. putting, putting those things together and then then asking those questions you know about about words I mean, any of it you know um, yeah. and science you know mm -hmm. my kids you know, ask me about science and religion, and I go, they fit like a glove. They and, do. They go and, hand in hand. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and I'm like, if you want to, if you want to believe that the world is four billion years old, I got no problem with that. If you mm -hmm. want to, if you want to believe the world is ten thousand years old, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, I understand that science and religion are not at odds with each other. Right. That, that and that you know, I, I raised my family Christian. Mm -hmm. and you know and you know and i got my own beliefs too about yeah. you know yeah. christianity did not invent morals you know people yeah. born with good morals instinctively mm -hmm. that's yes. something that you're created you're created good and mm -hmm. there are good people regardless if they're christian or not and uh do we choose to live as christians yes but I, and i'm saying that i <clears throat> If someone's going to indoctrinate my child, it's going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we they, feel the same. They mm -hmm. can go out and they can believe and do. They're, they have a free choice, free will. We're all born with it. We all have it. And I don't believe in stunting that. But I believe yeah, in yeah. them all of the paths. Because it's our job to guide. Yeah, here's my here, here are the paths you can and you can take them. You, you can take the one you want to take and and it is it is your choice because at some point it is faith and and some things you know you can't objectively prove and uh but i'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here but i'm, I'm trying to say <laughs> I, I agree i agree with you that the pandemic did some good things for us as well uh uh but again i i do not uh condemn the public school system i think we got yeah. some great teachers out there and uh as long as I'm doing my job, you know, with my kids at home and, uh, and man, that's tough. I'll be honest. Cause you know, this, you work hard. And at the yeah, end of the day, we got a 10 year old and a three year old. We do. Yeah. So you're, you know, at the end of the day, you're ready. And I'm 51. <laughs> <laughs> all, all my all my friends are our age. They got kids in college and stuff and we're just getting going. <laughs> yeah, but they'll keep us young. And they do, they do. They do. I mean, I've, I've got a, I got a twenty-month-old. Yeah, I, I know oh, about wow. fourteen-year-old and twenty-month-old. So it, it's, uh, 
Yeah. Get a big perspective. Now, a lot of people, they see the glory in everything that you do, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, mm-hmm. the tears, the struggles that it takes to make it at any level within entertainment. Tell us a little bit about the sacrifice since you've been doing this for so long, especially the sacrifices at the beginning, because, of course, sacrifices now are different than sacrifices then. Tell us a little bit about that struggle and that sacrifice at the very beginning for you. Well, you know, this is pretty deep, but, um, you know, I, I grew up extremely poor, you know, and that's inherited. You know, my, my parents did not have a silver spoon. Neither one of my parents graduated high school. I think my mother went to seventh grade and my dad went to ninth. And to this day, you know, I look at my mom and dad, they are extremely intelligent, you know, high IQ. And, uh, you know, education does not create your IQ. You know, you're born with it. And, uh, right. But the circumstances that they had to go through, you know, my dad lost his dad when he was, you know, 12 years old. My mom, my mom was in her mother's belly when her dad fell off of an oil tower. And uh, my mom grew up without a dad. My dad almost grew up with no dad. And uh, and my grandmother went through through the depression, you know, so Mm -hmm. there was that my dad was raised there was a way that my mom was raised and my mother and father um my mother my mother married my father when she was 15 years old and then got pregnant with me and had me at wow. 15 years old there's not a lot of moms that have had a child at 15 years old you know and so mm-hmm. I, I uh then, then they divorced when i was uh three and a half and there's the, you know, there's a lot of people, half of America, you know, half of people grow up in a, in a divorced home. So I lived through those struggles, you know, and when you say, was there a sacrifice when I started out, you know, let me say this. When I had my first paying gig, $50 from George Jones, one of the, one of the great living singers of all time. Gave mm-hmm. me a job, right, and yeah. and paid me more than that. I, the first gig was fifty dollars, and then it went to two hundred fifty dollars, and I started making money. That did not seem like a sacrifice to me. It seemed like heaven. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I was so poor. <coughs> yeah, I never had new shoes. Yeah, I never had new clothes. You know, those were things that were handed down to me. And man, my mom and dad, they did work. They they struggled and they both worked, even though they were divorced. They both worked. I've never saw my parents without jobs, right? And so crazy enough, you know, I grew up in the woods and and surrounded by rice fields. I got my first job. I was 13 and a half and I had to get I had to get a miner's release. My first paycheck was one hundred and thirteen dollars. I worked all week digging, (laughs) digging levees. Digging levees. Oh, wow. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you something. That's the happiest moment of my life. Was $113. I've never been without a job since that day, ever. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever not had a job since I was 13 and a half years old. And mm-hmm. so when you say, what were the sacrifices in music? If I would have lived on the streets and been able to play music, it did not seem like a sacrifice. So I don't know that. You know, for me, Uh, that was the pathway to heaven and uh, still is, you know, I wake up every day of my life ready to do something, ready to do something. And uh, my uh, uh, work ethic is solid and, you know, probably work too hard. Even on Sundays, I have to back myself off and go, this is the Sabbath. You got to calm down. I'll I'll start thinking about work and I'll look up and I'll go, Lord, is that a sin? Can I just think about it? (laughs) Come 5 p.m. on Sunday. I'm back. I'm back at it again. Here I am. So, but I'm, you know, that's my life. Uh, But you asked the question, sorry for the long winded answer, but that's, that's who I am. Uh, but I, I love, love that, it. you know, because again, you know, a lot, there's a lot, there is a lot of sacrifice that people do have to give 
you know, because again, you know, for you, you didn't feel it as a sacrifice, but there is a sacrifice because you do give up a lot to be who you are. And I think that's the part that a lot of people, and especially in the social media day now, yeah. you know, people think that they own a piece of you almost because they, they can get closer to you because of social media. So you really do give up a lot the higher you go. Well, I do sacrifice now. I do consider it sacrifice because, you know, it hurts. And I mean, literally hurts when you walk out the door and you have small kids and you get on a bus and you go down the road. And, and, I, and I believe this with all my heart. Promoters don't pay me to sing. They pay me to be away from my family. They pay me that sacrifice. And I want to tell you, it's a big one. And I don't know what I don't know what the toll is. Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not my children. Yeah. yeah. My dad was not gone. You know, whenever I went to sleep, he was home and mm -hmm. my mom was home. And so my wife, you know, I wouldn't even know what it feels like to be her, you know, to lock up the house at night when I'm gone, turn on the alarm system and wonder if she's safe or not, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the same way for my kids, you know, like I, I put them in bed every night. You know, we do something. We say our prayers. We we eat dinner together or supper. I think that's a proper yeah. supper. Yeah, supper. <laughs> that's why I that's grew up it. doing it as yeah. So uh, yeah, it's called a dinner box because it's lunch, right? But so anyway, <laughs> I, but yeah. I see that you know that is the sacrifice. And yeah, there are nights that you come off stage, and I mean every night you come off stage. There's these endorphins that are just firing. You know, all of mm -hmm. these deep pain receptors. You know, I don't feel any pain when I'm on stage from MS because it's, you're just, there's that many. You're things. in that zone. Well, it's, it's, it's what chemically happens to your body and brain when you're doing something that makes you happy. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I, I love that piece of it, but when that all comes back down and you climb in your bunk, you know, and you're looking at the top of a bunk, it's really sad. And I mean, I, yeah. I understand yeah. I've never been addicted, you know, don't do drugs. Uh, you know, I love wine, love, love a little bourbon, you know, but I, I can, I can understand why entertainers flip into things and, um, because it's sad. It's, it's just a lonely sad. road a lot of times. It is, unless you're single and you're, you're looking for somebody else out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're married and you, and you have a family or a significant other. I mean, you're, you're, it's taking a toll on you. It, it really mm -hmm. does. So, you know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the team behind you. In our opinion, teams never get any love. They don't. On our no, show, no. they get some love. So take a few moments and tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, you know, without getting too, too uh, what they call, the, too deep into the dirty south here, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll just, you know, tell you that. Do teens matter? Yeah. And, and, uh, if you see an artist, you know, on anything, whether it's on uh, an award show or you hear an artist on the radio, you know, there's very few uh, artists that you're going to see anywhere that's easy to find uh, that does not have a team mm -hmm. that is helping them stay relevant. And uh, my, my team is led by TK Kimbrell, who is a manager, uh, has been a manager for a long time. Man, he, man, he still manages, always has managed Toby Keith. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, uh, I've known TK since my career began, but, but didn't, wasn't working with him. So the last four or five years, TK and I've been working together. And so his, his team, he, he has a whole team of people called TKO <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, pretty good. And they, you know, they hire, you know, the right uh, uh, third parties, but then they do a lot of stuff in house. But I, I think what, what TK has helped me do as mm -hmm. an artist is whenever we started working together, he says, I'd like to get you with a, a, a current producer. And so he put me with and made the relationship happen. It, and and it just it did happen organically, but it was we were put in the same room, and that was Michael Knox, who who produces Jason Aldean. Oh, and Michael is just a phenom, you know, of a producer. And uh 
uh, and I'm just giving people the story. And I think this is this way for most artists that are successful. Um, Michael Knox said to me, he goes, well, he goes, before we, you know, agree to work together, he said, I'd like you to know what my expectations are. And if we can meet those expectations, then maybe we can work together. And, and he was very matter of fact, but he said, because uh, you, 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 you have a career, you know, you have a catalog, he says, but what I'd like to see if we're going to work together is a more of who you are in the record. Yeah. And I said, well, how, how do we get that? He says, you write every song. Mm -hmm. I said, that's, that's a tall order, you know, but I've, I've written, you know, half of the material that I've recorded my, in my career. But, you know, I've always looked for those great songs outside of what I could do. And uh, he said, I, meaning him, Michael, he says, I want to help you write with the best writers in Nashville. And he did that. Wow. I want to tell you something. It was a quick and exciting learning curve to write, to write with these brilliant minds. And I, I mean, th these writers are brilliant. I'm not going to name anyone in particular because I need to name all of them. And <laughs> And it's great. So that team, okay, that that introduction to Michael Knox was one of the biggest things that TK did for me. And uh, then uh, TK also lined up co-writes with me with these these other writers. And listen, it, it it's not a secret. I mean, it's like, what's the difference between an NFL football player and a high school football player? Quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And to get into the NFL, it, it's it's almost impossible. And then yeah. to get and then then to get into the playoffs, then to get into the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. And so I immediately went into the playoffs by being able <laughs> to be these two guys, TK wow. and Michael Knox. I'm I'm in there. I am now. The social media part of it is you know that springs from from me given content real content yeah I am. and that is what fans want they they yeah. don't pretty glamorous all this stuff you know and it took it took some really educated people about social media to teach me that and they go <laughs> i mean our, our our social media was was dismal you know five or six years ago and uh when i realized what it was it was we were trying to create content like we did in the 90s and early 2000s this yeah. pretty cameras and all that and man and it was like hey it's your cell phone in front of your face mm -hmm. you, know, yeah. you talking your face doing real stuff because they're not looking for perfection they're looking for you changed yeah. everything around and so the team you know uh we use quentin digital for the uh for social media but the biggest influence in my social media was this guy named fraser boldry who uh tomorrow's his last day working with us he got a big oh, wow. big pay raise somewhere you know? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> never be out of our grasp you know it'll be it'll be like uh it'll be like uh the godfather you know just when i thought i was out they pulled me back in anyway <laughs> so we, we, but we we do work hard at it i'm not gonna lie we we do work hard meaning that it's important when we have cool moments that are going to be are going to be interesting that we, we pull out our phone and, and we we let our fans be part of that. And oh, they let me be part of them. I find mm -hmm. a lot of stuff on TikTok that interests yeah. me about their lives. And so I'll jump in to that. And it's oh, just so as fun. fun. It's a two-way street. So the team, TKO, uh, Michael Knox, uh, songwriters, great songwriters, great social media people and influence, you know, uh, uh, helping me with, with the – knowing what's real for our fans and then going out and doing a live show. And that's, and that is where your road manager and that team, that's a whole different team. That team that you take on the road with you, your band members, your, your crew, your production team, your driver, your driver is probably the most important. <laughs> He's got your life in your hand. Let me tell you what, <laughs> this, this is, this is kind of, it, it, it's a known fact, you know, in the, in the country music world that, if you can drive for me, you can drive for anybody. <laughs> and it, it, there's a story behind that. And that is, I can drive a bus. Okay. Yeah. I know how to do it. And yeah. I just, this is how I want you to drive. And then, yeah. 
So you're the back. You're the back seat driver. No, I get behind the wheel and say, "This is how you drive." You're the driver. <laughs> well, I, I own my buses. I don't. I don't really drive my van around that much or anything. But I, I will go out with the driver, you know, on my bus, and I'll drive and say, "This is how you can do it." I mean, it, it is a choice. What I've noticed is with people is you, you you tell them what you want, and they can decide if they want to do it or not. And sometimes yeah. they just they mm -hmm. just don't want to do it. You know, but but a lot of times they do. And hey, I've got some guys in my band that have been here 25 years since oh, I was so awesome. four of those guys. So we call them the pillars, and uh, yeah. they're they're the pillars of the business. And uh, I'm a blessed blessed man to have the team I have. Now, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our little ten year old. He's that comes a part on, of a every questions. show. I'll get him. Yeah, I um, will. So she's gonna go get him. So while she's getting him. Tell us a little bit about your new album, too. So the, the Texas to Tennessee album is is not all that new. It's our newest album. Yeah. You know, we, we put it out last year. And it's uh, it's it's got 10 songs on it. And I wrote, you know, or co-wrote all 10 of them. And, and there's some soulful things in there, you know, that I've always gravitated to. Uh, there's some real traditional things in there. And then there's there's a couple of things that sound pretty modern. You know that that fit right in with what country music radio, terrestrial yeah. radio, is doing. And uh, we got a song called uh, "You Look Good," <laughs> which uh, most of the stuff on this album I wrote about my wife Jessica. Oh wow! You know, it's, it's not that hard to to guess. You know when you when you when you hear the songs, but that's it's it's where I am in my life, and and it's it's an honest snapshot. Love that. <clears throat> Hi, Clay Walker. So, what's your favorite food? Oh, man. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, doing good. Nice to see you. You're only 10. You're big as your dad. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's like five foot two, ain't it? Mm -hmm. Might even be five foot three. Last time he was measured, he was five foot two. What's your he name? Might have grown a little bit since. What's your name? Uh, Christopher. Christopher. Wow. Yeah, uh, he's a junior. That's great. That's great. Uh, Christopher, did you say what is my favorite food? Yeah, that's what I said. Now that's a tough one for me because <laughs> I, I'm a foodie. I love all. <laughs> food. I, I mean, I, I I like every kind of food. There's 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 it'd probably be easier to say what I don't like, which is only a couple of things. Um, not a big eggplant or okra fan, <laughs> but I love some southern greens and collard greens and Swiss chard and. I love fresh vegetables. I grow a lot of vegetables. I grow uh, my own cucumbers and tomatoes and cantaloupes, uh, uh, beans, uh, garlic and onions. Got a ton of onions. Love growing onions. Uh, but I, my favorite probably meal to eat is a ribeye steak Ooh. cooked medium rare. That's wow. my favorite thing. What's yours? Mine is pizza. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, that figures, and that's good. That's good because you got that flat stomach at ten years old. You can, <laughs> you can do it. You could process a carburetor out of a out of a cap. So I mean, you fine, but your you, your dad and I probably need to, you know, <laughs> calm down on that. <laughs> every six months, dive into the pizza. What <laughs> great TV show? A favorite TV show. Um, <clears throat> Well, I, I like sports, so I like to watch ESPN, like to watch NFL and college football a lot. Uh, as far as a TV Let's go show. Go dog for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's only get started. That, that's a no-win situation in the interview. <laughs> but uh, um, so TV shows, I like some series. You know, I like Lord of the Rings. There's a new one called uh, Power of the Rings. Uh, out, which is which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What about you? What's your favorite TV show? Mine is SpongeBob. Wow. Do you are you into the Pokemon stuff or no? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my 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 boys love Pokemon. You know, <laughs> they've got all these different ones, and so I've I've learned more about Pokemon than I wanted to even know. <laughs> But it's very cool, you know, man, all these powers some of these Pokemons have. Pretty pretty good. What other questions do you have? Okay. All right, I got one more. What's your favorite movie? Ooh. See, that's tough because uh, – There's so many great ones. 
like I I love westerns or western type movies. So I I, I grew up with some movies that are really uh, special to me. Uh, Lonesome Dove, which was more of just one movie, it was like a series, like two or three parts. Uh, Lonesome Dove, Tombstone. Um, but I got to be honest, man, I love the new Top Gun. I think it's incredible. Uh, I saw it on the plane. I was coming back oh, from from England. I was I was watching on the plane. I was like, golly, I thought it it was just just fantastic. Because what's yours? Mine is Dominions. <laughs> you about forgot? Dominions, I've seen I've seen the Minions. I love the Minions too. You know, uh, like I said, I've got boys. Uh, you know, fourteen, nine, four, and and. Not twenty months, and they they love Minions, and they they love all that. They get crazy about it. They, when the music comes on, friend the Minion stuff, they all get up and dance, go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they they love uh, what is it? Sing, you know the the show Sing. And mm-hmm. Do you have any jam that you like, Christopher? Any music? Any like? music? Yeah. Let's see. I like country music. That's the right answer. <laughs> it's the best. It's funny when when um, Sandy was pregnant with him, she always played country music by her belly. She she goes, "My son is going to love country music," and now many times if if Sandy will say a statement, it was about a country artist, and it's if it's a little wrong, he'll correct her. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nice that's nice Uh, you know i I remember you know a couple times in my life you know i've I've, uh, my wife has been pregnant at 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 a show or two and she would say you know when you started a certain song like if i can make a living out of loving you one Mm -hmm. of the kids would 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 jump you know and uh and it would be uh and she goes i think they're excited about it and 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 I believe that, and and so it's it's uh, you know I, in in I, I think music has you know different effects you know if it's Mozart or something I think yeah. there's there's some proof that um, you know it 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 helps developmental skills and stuff, okay. but I think country music just just makes you smarter you know you must right nine thanks <laughs> he must be brilliant <laughs> he gets to the point and goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we close out here, because I want to honor our, the time I have with you, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give that person that wants to do what you do? I, I, I think it's a good time to want to do what I do. You're just going to do it a lot differently. And I think there's more space now for people, you know, when I, when I was uh, working working my way, you know, up the ladder, if you will, um, there was such a narrow window. And then once you got in, uh, you know, there was, there was, and and you got to understand this is like the NFL. I mean, for you to get get on a team, look, there's a lot of great football players out there. Mm They're probably, probably be NFL quality, but only a certain amount. They only have a, so big of a roster, you know? Okay. So rosters on record labels have shrunk immensely. The, these are not bad things, what I'm trying to say to the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a social media platform like TikTok mm-hmm. is the best place to start. Because, yeah, it because is. Two things. One is record labels now this is the this is a transition and this has just happened so mm-hmm. this is this is new information for artists out there tiktok is more relevant now than it ever was a record label today will hardly sign an artist that does not have a a, a really a good foundational tiktok follower you know mm-hmm. follow. i'm not saying you got to have 1 million followers i'm just saying you yeah. got to really yeah. tiktok that people are loyal to they're, they're going there mm-hmm. But here's the good thing. Even if you don't get on a record label, okay, this is real important. This is new information. There are some new artists out there 
you are selling out arenas and they've never had a hit on terrestrial mm -hmm. radio, meaning the radio station in your hometown that you listen to, they've never had a hit on radio. Mm -hmm. That is unfathomable. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's great. So you don't have to go, oh, I can only be famous if I get on a record label, if they decide to promote my song at radio, if this, if that. Really, if you have great content, a good personality, and you're, you are engaging and you let that come through social media, you can absolutely be famous. And what you're doing remember this it's not just singing it's you are creating a culture that people want to be involved in that is the secret to success right there love that love and that. i'll let sandy ask the last question yes what would you like for your legacy to be in music and personally what would you like to be most known and remembered for i'm doing it <laughs> Just, I have no idea. People are going to remember me for whatever they want to remember me for. <laughs> Mine is don't quit. I'm yeah. just being me. What, what I want people to be, what, be remembered for, I, I, that they're not quit. Because I went through, like I said, the 19 years of addictions, been sober 14 years. We've probably launched over a hundred different business ideas oh, that all least. failed. Yeah. In, in our but marriage. we learned lessons from them. Yeah. But we've never quit and we are here now. And that's a uh, that's a show of faith in each other and in what you built together and what you continue to build together. And uh you know what, you got that beautiful boy there. I know you have another child too, and uh I think it's real important that he understands that that there's no such thing as perfect and that neither one of you are perfect. Nope. <laughs> but love is perfect. That 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 thing when you love each other past your fallacies, that's that is showing perfection right there. And that's 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 the only thing I think a person can hope to have in their life is to love and be loved. There I don't think there's anything else. It's a great way to end. So tell everybody how, even though they probably already know to find yeah. you. Well, I just, you know, anything Clay Walker, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's YouTube or, uh, or Twitter or I don't do a lot of Twitter, but Instagram, but I really do work with TikTok a lot. And, and oh, that to me is the, the quickest way to, to find out what I'm doing or where I am or, or, uh, or what's happening, you know? Yeah. You know, we really enjoyed having you on today, and we, we definitely did. look forward to having you back. I look forward to coming back. I mean, it's been a really good conversation, and and uh, I don't think I ever covered you know that many topics or elements in any uh, any interview that I've ever done. So uh, yeah. well well done, and I appreciate the relaxed uh, cadence and <laughs> the relaxed uh, atmosphere that you guys provide for artists. This is my first time on your show and I'm, I'm really impressed. Thank you so much. Well, we oh, definitely that appreciate lot, that. Thank you. It was and an and honor like I said, we want to honor the time that we have with you. So, you know, we, we look forward to having you back. Well, God bless you guys. And, and uh, God bless your family. I, I hope you're around for, all, for many more years to come. We're planning oh, on it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Same you to too. you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Have a great day. You Bye. too.